This is Out of Fashion, a podcast with Martin Kammer, hosted by Remo Hecklen. Welcome to another episode of the podcast Out of Fashion with Martin Kammer. It's a special episode today as we are sitting not in your library, Martin. Where are we? We're in the Kunsthaus Museum in Zurich where we are looking at a exhibition about the 1920s. It's called, in German, Schall und Rauch, which means smoke and mirrors, the wild 1920s. Yeah, the, ro- the roaring 20s. Huh? It's the called the Wilden 20 Yeah, It's an exhibition 20s. which started on the 3rd of July, and it lasts till the 11th of October 2020. And today, uh, it is the 18th of September, yeah. 2020. And why are we here? Well, we're here because uh, I lent over 20 items to this exhibition. So we're going to have a look. As a loan. loans, yes. The exhibition was supposed to have opened in March, but because of COVID-19, it had to be postponed. The same exhibition is also supposed to go to Bilbao, to the Guggenheim Museum, and that was postponed as well. And at the moment, they really don't know whether... They want to open it in April next year, but they still don't really know whether it's going to be possible or not, because at the moment, people can't travel there. So curators and couriers can't travel to Bilbao. And I want to go to Bilbao because I want to address my loans, my the old couture garments I lent to this exhibition. I want to go and dress them so they dress properly. And so everything's still a bit uncertain and up in the air. So let's go upstairs. Yeah, let's go and let's dive into the exhibition. (laughs) So we now are in the entrance hall at the beginning of this exhibition where it says the 1920s were a decade of both progression and backlash. A catastrophic world war followed by a pandemic with remarkable parallels to the current corona crisis awakened people's thirst for life. At no time in the 20th century was the desire for change more intense. So what can you say about the 1920s in connection with fashion? In the 20s, there basically was a new woman because women had participated in the war. They were ambulance drivers. They were nurses. They, uh, they were quite. A li- it was quite a liberation for women. So there was a new beauty ideal as well. People, uh, women, started playing sport very intensely, like uh, Susan Langland, the uh, tennis player, and. Um, People went to the Riviera, they bathed, they swam, they sunbathed. And here it says, new roles, new New models. models, With men away, fighting at the front, women acquired a new social freedoms in both their work and private lives, and with them a measure of autonomy. Gradual introduction of women's suffrage in many parts of Europe from 1918 onwards was the most symbolic manifestation of this. And next to that this text... This transformation is also very visible in the fashion mm-hmm. because um, hemlines went up and... Um, As we can see on this on, painting, on this painting from Karl Hubuch. There were sort of 
waistless dresses. They hung from the shoulders in a fat, flat sort of mannish kind of way, in a, in a boyish kind of way. Women cut their hair. It was called the uh, Bubikopf in German, the page boy cut. And um, a new kind of coat was sort of introduced, a sort of a clutch coat and a clutch bag, the handbag changed, you clutch it under your, put it under your arm. It, it was totally new visuals. A lot more freedom, no more hobble skirts, no and more the long... long legs, the naked legs. Yes, silk stockings. I mean, you saw the legs, it's really the first period ever in the, 20s, in the um, European history that women, you could see women's legs. So it's a very facet, um, rich exhibition which was curated by the curator Catherine Hoog and she chose a, very, a lot of very interesting material, very varied. Um, and there's a section called New Roles, New Models. And um, here we see already women smoking, women in bars smoking, hmm. which was quite shocking actually, mm -hmm. it was the first time. Smoking became quite important. Yeah, smoking in public. In public, mm. yeah, in a public space, in a bar, I mean women going bars was sort of a new phenomenon. People went to cafes before and restaurants, but not sort of like in the 20s. And here we come into a new section, a new room, which is called Fashion Revolution. Mm -hmm. And we are in front of five mannequins yeah. presenting some really, really nice fashion. Um, they're kind of window mannequins and um, here we have five haute couture creations from my collection and the first one is a circa 1925 dance dress by Gabrielle Chanel and it's made from black silk and is embroidered with silver glass beads, diamante and a bit of um, silver leather and furthermore has a big decoration of black silk fringing. So it's the quintessential dancing Charleston dress of the 1920s. You, when this woman was walking or dancing, the, uh, the fringe sort of swung around, or flapped would around her. accentuate the movement. Yes, it would accentuate the movement very much, especially the Charleston. And of course she would glitter and glimmer in this dress. And the dress also, when you look at the back, it has a big back décolletage. Hmm. Not really décolletage, it's a backletage. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite... These um, mannequins, they are standing on a platform. Mm -hmm. There's no glass for protection, so you can go quite close and, and you have can, a quite close look. You can see them. Yeah. And um, here we have a um, creation by Madeleine Vionnet circa 1928, and this is my favorite dress. This is my dress that um, I bought at auction in... Back in 1983. Yes. At that at auction Sotheby's, at Sotheby's in New York. Which I sat in my London. Where I sat in London in my living room on the city when I was bidding for it. And um, I still have it. It's one of my really favorite... It's my favorite designer, Madeleine Vionnet, and it's... Can you describe the dress? Well, it's a dress made of very sheer black 
fabric, a kind of marquisette, which is different to chiffon. And it has all these, it has a, it's like a tabard almost. And it has a silken charmeuse um, slip, another, another, another dress. And, the and they both belong together. Yes, they, 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 uh, they are meant to be. They're meant to be, they, they came together. together. Anyway, the whole dress is decorated, self-decorated by pin tucks. And the pin tucks are done in circles, or sort of, yeah, in, in swirls. It looks almost, if you stand fat further back a bit, it looks almost as this woman is nude, but she is just veiled <laughs> in these wisps of smoke, in this kind of... Um, it mimics smoke. Yeah, it mimics smoke. It's these uh, curl, this smoke curls around her. It's astonishing. Yeah. You hardly can see that she is wearing something underneath. Yes. She, 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 she really looks like she, she'd be naked. Yeah, well, if you're not in the 20s, she would have been wearing flesh-coloured silk stockings as well, so that, that would be, the, the, the idea would be heightened of nudity, which is sort of wisps of smoke around it. It's like a trompe l'oeil. Yeah, it's almost. <laughs> it's also most amazing when, if you put this um, dress on a flat surface, the grain of the fabric is totally intact. You can just lay it flat. Anybody else would have done this. The, the whole dress would be a mess, would be kind of all, all over the place. This can lie down, if you lay it down, flat, flat, flat. It's, it's quite extraordinary, the achievement. The artistry of the um, Vionnet workshops is quite extraordinary. And on the other side... Right opposite, opposite that dress, yeah. we have an illustration. It it's, it's also one of your loans. Mm -hmm. What it, is it? It's a illustration out of the Gazette du Bon Ton. Um, it's from number eight, 1922, and it, is, it shows a... The um, illustration is by Tayat, and it's called... The, the illustration is entitled De la fumée, Robe de Madeleine Vionnet. And it shows a, this um, woman in sort of... almost in a... Uh, Egyptian pose, mm -hmm. very elegant pose, with a very elegant woman smoking, and from her cigarette are all these swirls of smoke that go around her, and they sort of almost incorporate in the dress, they almost disappear into the dress. Right. She also you, has you, a sort you of. Don't know whether it's the smoke or the dress. Yeah, yeah, and it's a bit sort of like the dress we have in front of us. It's not the same dress, mm -hmm. but it's very similar. And the uh, woman is already wearing a kind of page-cut hairstyle. Um, it's a very nice illustration. Yes, it's, it's quite famous. <coughs> and then we go back to the mannequins standing here. And here we have a evening cape made from a shawl, a shawl designed by um, Raoul Dufy for... You uh, mentioned that shawl before in an episode, right? Yes, it's a very famous shawl, and um, I've had it in several different colorways, in, had it in, in this multicolored, wonderful color. It's a gold lame shawl, silk and gold lame, and I had it in black and gold, and I had it in silver and pink. I still have a, an evening wrap in silver and pink, mm. made from the same shawl. And, uh, it's just a magnificent piece of weaving, and it's pure Art Deco, pure 1920s. I mean, you couldn't go 
better than this. Mm, computer. Yeah. Yeah. It is maybe a cape that was made by Poiret, but that's sort of debatable. So let's go on to the fourth uh, dress, full of little mirrors. It's a black silk chiffon dress, embroidered down the front and the back, hem, with mirrors in a kind of like Indian Sindh embroidery. It's inspired by Indian uh, embroidery and it was worn, it was the property of a lady that was quite important in Paris. She had a workshop that made clothes uh, called um, Mirabeau and she employed um, all sorts of artists in her workshops alike. Um, most important one was Natalia Goncharova. She also ran a uh, tapestry workshop. She uh, employed uh, Raoul Tuffy and Rouault, and she was a very good friend of Picasso. She was a very good friend of, of Poiret. She was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And this um, dress has a model. The name of this dress is called Les Glass, the mm, Mirrors. The mirrors. Not surprisingly. No. <laughs> I mean, this was a dress that only a very self-assured woman could wear. <laughs> you could see her coming when she came in the room with these. Hair but at the same time, you would reflect, or she would reflect all, all you, the people in the room. Yes. So yeah. So she disappeared. But it's she, not only her when no, she no, no, appears. No, well, she's she's very self-assured. I mean, no? <laughs> it has a sort of jewel neckline. It's it's, it's very, it's a wonderful dress. And next to it, we have a, a dress, a cocktail dress by, or an evening, short evening dress by Lucien Lelong from about 1929. And it already has this typical 1929 uh, hemline, short in front and longer at the back. Hmm. I bought this dress at auction together with two other dresses from in one lot. And there was obviously had belonged to the same woman because they were all very small, mm. very, very petite. And one dress in this uh, three-piece lot was a dress that I knew I had before. All these three dresses didn't have a label. Mm -hmm. But the one dress I had in my possession before, I sold it before, was a dress by Jean Lanvin. So I thought that all the three dresses were by Lanvin because another dress uh, was definitely, it's definitely Lanvin, so I thought this dress was Lanvin as well. But then... But it is not. It's not, no, it's Lucien Lelong, and I... How did you find this out? I discovered, I've got a big collection, as I already told you, of um, fashion magazines. Right. And there was a fashion magazine called Art, Goût et Beauté in the 20s to the 30s. And in the uh, 9th of February 1929, there is an illustration. The illustration shows this dress, absolutely the dress. Of course, the, being a drawing, it's slightly different, slightly more exaggerated than the real dress, but it says, Maitena is the dress name. Maitena, I don't know Maitena. what that means. Yeah. It's an artificial name, maybe. Yeah, it's just, yeah. And it's robe de tulle noir garni de ruban de velours. It's a black net dress with ribbon with the ribbon, um, velvet ribbon decorations, yeah. yeah. Well, that's amazing. I mean, when you saw this illustration, you immediately knew that it, it was, was not a long one. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, 
yeah. So that was quite, that was interesting. And uh, I found a lot of, I told you before, in the um, photographs of the house races, I found quite a few. I went through to have a look whether I could find any uh, uh, designers, and I found some quarries and, and But of course, the drawings are always slightly different. So you have to kind of, first of all, they're in different color, uh, they're in color, and the photographs are black and white, so, and then the, uh, the artistic license of the person who drew it. Mm. And this is almost a sort of a, a gentle caricature yes, of a very elegant lady. A very tall one. A very tall one in a... And a very small man in the back playing the piano. The, in the background, is a guy playing the piano. It obviously is a hotel bar. Mm. It's a lobby. No, hotel bar, it's a bar, bar, it's hotel, a bar. The, the big, big Parisian yeah. hotel. Uh, hotel. With tall windows and it's sort of a typical Art Deco illustration. Very beautiful. When we move forward, we see some... Eight. Eight. Eight uh, fashion illustrations. Well, not illustrations really, no. They're, they're actually fashion drawings. They're... they're uh, they're very graphic. Yes. They are by a very famous uh, Soviet avant-garde artist, Lubov Sergeyeva Popova. And there are eight um, fashion drawings, basically, uh, sketches, about 1920, Yeah, it is mainly about the patterns, isn't it? Well, it's, it's very, not about it's, it's, the, the shape of the Well, of the, the shape dress. is very, very simple. It's a sort of shift dress. Mm. And it's more like a Japanese kimono. The, uh, the cutting of the dress is not that important. It's, the, it's a flat dress, so you can decorate it in a flat way. So it's mm. not it's a different sensibility. The, um, so this is the, also one of your loans. Yes, yes. It's a very, a very, a very beautiful drawing. Yes. Um, Funny enough, the Poiret mirror dress is really also rather graphic and flat as decoration goes. It, the whole dress yeah, is a true. shift dress, and uh, so it's it's what goes on at this this stage in fashion. Right underneath, in a vitrine, we have some books, and two of them are also. They also belong to you. Yes. Um, what kind of books are they? It's the bound, the, the bound year collection of a magazine bound into a volume, and uh, it's the it's called Monsieur. Hmm. The thing and it's Revue des Elegances, and it's um, they're open to. Uh, double spreads in the mag magazine. They show one is 1921 and the other was 1922. And one double spread shows men's uh, accessories like shirts, ties, handkerchiefs, scarves, and a dressing gown. All very colorful and... Mm -hmm. It's like cutouts. It's... Uh, yes, it's sort of... It's very graphic, it's very flat. Yeah. It's again this kind of flat um, Art Deco representation which comes from Japanism. Ah, yeah. And then we, the other um, spread... Revue des élégances des bonnes manières et de tout ce qui intéresse. Ah, uh, yeah. And here we've got a double spread showing six men in different outfits and it's called the title of the page is Pour voyager. <laughs> for traveling. For traveling, yes. 
And the colors are so beautiful. Yes, the colors are quite wonderful. And one of the men is wearing a plaid over his shoulders, or actually two of them are wearing shawls, mm. fringed shawls. So um, the fringe is a very um, light motif in a way in the uh, in, 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 in the 20s. Mm. And they all wear hats? Yes. One is wearing a cap and the other wear, wearing hats. The Borsalino, two is wearing caps actually. Two of them are wearing caps. And then we have three uh, photographs at the races, but they're not lent by me. They're lent by the Textile Museum in Switzerland, the Swiss Textile Museum in St. Gallen. And then next to them, there are three of my loans also of ladies at the races. And they are unusual big, these photographs. They're the size, there's a huge size. It's like, yeah. it's more, they're usually they're a bit like a little bigger than a postcard. But these are uh, like A3 size. They're quite, quite uh, big. And what's so interesting about it is that that lady is standing in, 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 in the center of the picture. And the background is, is like a, a documentary showing the people that were sitting there, that were participating at these races. Yes. And she is uh, modeling. Well, well, it's sort of, she is modeling because she is a model that's been sent by a fashion designer. This could be Chanel, this could be Patou, this one in the middle here. And at the back you see um, she is at the races and the back is a lot of people, lots of uh, empty staring, chairs. Staring and there's a, a pair of, uh, a pair, a man and a woman sitting at the back of her and they are examining her closely. The man is rather bemused, but the woman is looking very critically. Mm. Now, she, I don't know if she's criticizing or if she's in envy, she, but she is scrutinizing the outfit. She's taking it all in. You can see she's adding it up in her, in her mind. She is going, aha. And, and the, the, the lady in the background, she's wearing... A coat, like, a, a coat is sort of muffled up. Yeah. You can, a very high collar and a sort of a, one of the cloche hats. And mm. you, you can see her eyes scrutinizing this woman, the back of this woman standing in front and the woman is and wearing. And she's, she's dressed traditionally. Yeah, much more traditionally, mm. yes. Um, I don't know what happened because in the background, the people are wearing coats. This woman is wearing a spring outfit. <laughs> uh, so um, I don't know what happened. But uh, the woman in front is wearing a tricot, a, a, a knitted garment, probably a silk two-piece outfit. As I said, could be Chanel or could be uh, Patou. What they also did in the 20s, she has got a big corsage on her shoulder, on her shoulder of, of, of artificial flowers. Something which they did in the twenties, which people don't do anymore. You wouldn't um, wear a piece of um, pinned on your shoulder mm. uh, artificial flowers on a knitted garment. And the little bag. Yeah, and the clutch bag. The clutch typical, bag. typical yeah. of the twenties. These are clutch bags. So you have uh, like the coats. The ladies have these clutch coats. They sort of clutch themselves. They sort of wrap themselves into these into these uh, typical 20s coats. And here we have another uh, very pretty young woman, again at the races. Now she is looking at us and in the background two men are walking away and everybody at the back is actually, is their backs are turned towards us, which is quite interesting. Yeah. And the dress is a very pretty printed chiffon dress. 
it could be a uh, Raoul Dufy um, designed uh, fabric. Mm. But we don't know. No, we don't know. I, maybe I have to do some research, maybe I can find it, but I haven't had the time yet. Quite heavy makeup of the twins, mm -hmm. obviously lots of lip rouge mm -hmm. and coal around her eyes. Mm -hmm. It's a bit clone-esque, isn't it? Yeah, well, because it's black and white. Oh, in this case, mm -hmm. brown and brown, brown yeah, and yeah. beige. <laughs> There's another lady here standing in the field by the race courses, and it's in one of these sort of shift dresses, and she has three rows of fringes sewed onto the dress, so, and, a, and a, a jacket with a fur collar and fur cuffs. And again, the obligatory um, cloche hat. The cloche hat. And okay. these sort of almost cupid lips, just like Jack Lemon and Tony Curtis in Some Like It Hot. We now go to the next rooms. There's lots of rooms presenting different Pictures, photos, films. With, ba with Bauhaus and... Um, furniture. Furniture, yeah, very Breuer furniture and... Um, and so on. And so on. A couple of wonderful um, uh, Miro paintings and um, uh, Kandinsky. And we move on. We it's head very towards the end of this exhibition. It's a very varied and um, rich exhibition. And very colourful. Yes. I mean, even the the walls they are painted in rich colours. Rich colours. Yeah. That complement the uh, exhibits. And now we're coming to the last room. The, the film is about to start. Yes. The film with Josephine Baker dancing in a soap as if there is no tomorrow. Yes, shaking, doing the chest and shaking her hips. And of course, she has the obligatory and fringes that accentuate and show the movement so well. And she is really an incredible mover. And it, the scene is a sort of staged bar or a nightclub in Paris. And the patrons that sit around have the most weird costumes or with big headdresses with ostrich feathers. Very and, and, and most of them just ignore her. Yes, yes. And are. she's dancing. Up a storm, <laughs> I mean. And um, the band plays like mad, and they're very prominent ice buckets with champagne bottles on the, on the table, mm, so. Of course. Her dress is absolutely wonderful. Fringe definitely was a um, a theme in 20s fashion. Obviously, obviously. It, it, it does, you know, it underlines the and accentuates the movement. And now we are coming back to the entrance where we started this exhibition and where it ends now. So this was a special episode today recorded in Kunsthaus Zürich. Yes. It is a podcast on the move. It is. <laughs> You're totally oh, exhausted now, oh, aren't we? Yeah. So, thank you very much for today's episode, Martin. Well, thank you for listening and thank you for doing it and, for me. Um, see you again. Yeah. In your library, probably, next time. Yeah. <laughs>
Okay. Bye. Thank you all. Bye bye. This was out of fashion.